0: submit the chapter inquiry form on our website parents rights in hey hey everybody suzanne gallagher and we have our guest kate bowers who is the author of publicly schooled her new book is available on amazon hi kate So great to have you back. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So we covered a couple of topics last time about discipline and then CSE. Today, I want to explore the teachers' unions.
1: Yes. So I spoke with teachers in about 19 different states. Wow. North Carolina, Texas, um, Kansas, California, Arizona. Um, multiple places. I suspected that what I was experiencing at my school in Oregon was being experienced by teachers nationwide. That was my theory because my understanding of the union is the union is nationwide. Many, many teachers are part of the union. My theory was it was the union that was, was bringing these policies to our classrooms that were really harmful to us as teachers and to our students. So I wanted to find out what was going on in other places.
0: Awesome, and I know that that you have a commitment to sharing uh, some strategies and things that teachers can do um, in regards to that. Do they have to stay in the union? They're not happy with uh, what's going on with the union, and and I know sometimes they're pressured to join. What what does that scenario look like for, let's say, a new teacher who's coming into a school district?
1: So for a new teacher coming into a district. Most likely, they will be approached by the union at some point, and and asked to join. In 2018, there was a U.S. Supreme Court case called the It's Janice versus Absme case, and it freed teachers from and all government employees from being required to pay dues to a union. And the amazing thing is, is a lot of teachers don't understand that they have that freedom now. Really being in, informed and Teachers getting informed and asking some questions is really a good idea and understanding those rights that they now have for that freedom.
0: And I'm sure this happens pretty much in every other union and not even the, um, well, I want to say like the electrical workers or, you know, different um, kinds of unions where you are approached. And like like anything, anything else, you're encouraged, you know, oh, become a member and you need to join us because what do they say? There, there is so much
1: pressure, and the number one thing, the number one reason teachers give for joining a union is the legal protection. And so the the union has done a fabulous job of creating this culture of fear amongst teachers. Oh my gosh, I've got to be protected because I might get sued by a parent. The interesting thing is, and I explain this in my book, legal protection that they offer is not in teachers' names, um, so it's not a policy that covers you as an individual, mm-hmm. and it doesn't cover Parents suing you, you're actually protected by your district by hold harmless laws. And it is the districts that's going to step in between you and that, and that issue with the families. It's not the union legal protection. And there's a lot of details that I could go into with that, but the union has positioned itself so that things that come up are to be handled through binding arbitration and through this grievance procedure. Teachers believe that that a a lawyer is going to show up from their union and help them with whatever issues.
0: Okay,
1: that's really not necessarily the case. Okay, I really encourage teachers to ask your ask the union questions. What can I see the legal protection policy, please? Okay, and what what does exactly does it cover? I kind of doubt that they would be able to show you one. They might blow you off and try to send you off in a different direction because I, I don't know that anyone has seen.
0: Policy. (laughs) So right. So and help us out for those of us who aren't teachers and aren't actually in the school district. I know most school districts have a. There's a union rep who who, uh, bird dogs things going on within the district. I. They also have meetings. Now, are they actual union meetings or are they called teacher meetings? What What's the dynamic? How often are they involved? Oh, political races and things like that. What What really goes on inside a school? That the union is uh, highly involved in and actually engineering.
1: So yes, as far as I know, they have a monthly monthly meeting with local representatives. They're planning socials and things like this, and they are talking to building representatives. I, I, I've never been to one, right? Because I I'm, I haven't been a union member myself, so I just know having talked with a building representative and just being just by nature of teaching, right, being in the school right. buildings, and you have an idea of what's going on. I'd they, yes they do meet regularly sharing you know what the local budget is or what what do we want to bargain for however okay. what's what's interesting is the topics and issues that come up aren't necessarily generated at the local level for example i think it was 2019 there were some walkouts happening here in Oregon it's not like the people at the at, in my local school were saying oh my gosh we need to walk out let's get everybody together and do this it's coming from national to state to local. Okay. So these things are being dictated down to them. That actually happens quite a bit. I actually got a survey from the National Education Association in November of 2018, asking me if, as an Oregon teacher, I would be willing to walk out. Okay. And so this, the local, even though the local union is doing the heavy lifting of helping teachers with issues that do arise, and they're the ones sitting at the bargaining table doing negotiations. Mm-hmm. Um, the most of teachers' dues get sent to the state and then to the national. Mm-hmm. Very little stays at the local level, even though they're the ones helping the teachers. But then, but then the national state are dictating to the local what this Got is what it. you're gonna tell your teachers to do. Right. This is what we're going to support. This is the candidates we're gonna support. We're going to support CSC and CRT. This is not being decided at the local level by teachers. Right. This is That's all coming down.
0: Time from the national, from the NEA.
1: Yes. It filters down. Yes. Or AFT, which is largely New York, a few other. There's like 3,000 AFT affiliates, but but NEA is in every state. Okay. So AFT is American
0: Federation, Federation of Teachers. Yes. And they are they connected to the NEA at all? They, the two
1: unions do talk to one another. Sometimes there are talks about, hey, let's just join and be one big union and that's never happened. But they're they're basically on the same page as
0: far as what policies they're going to push down. Is the AFT more prevalent? You said in, in New York and maybe Eastern States? Yes. Okay. Yes. I know this is sort of ABC, you know, the ABCs of, <laughs> of teachers. Yes. But, you know, we take for granted some things, and I like to always, you know, really delve into the practical scene, what's happening at the local level, so that we can better understand the challenges that teachers do have. I, I have an association with a teacher who is, who's been in the district a long time. She's close to retirement, and she talks about the fact that she was involved. She was a representative. From her school, mm-hmm. probably to these monthly meetings, and she did that so she can, you know, be up, up to date with what's happening in the union, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, she said she she refuses to do that during election year because they are uh, they are very uh, biased, politically biased, mm-hmm. and not in her direction, mm-hmm. and so she doesn't want to be pressured to make phone calls or put out signs or canvas or any of that. And a lot of them are highly involved in elections uh, and they're one-sided. It's not as though they welcome um, all political persuasions to participate. So when we talk about bias in the public schools, as far as teaching goes, there is definitely a bias. Uh, Progressive. Would you confirm that?
1: Yes, I think definite. I think that the the teachers that speak out the loudest and the most are more of a, a progressive, Democrat politically. Teachers who are maybe more conservative or a Republican, if you want to use that term, mm-hmm. tend to stay quiet. It's it's this weird, um, it's a weird culture of fear. If you speak against what the union's position is you'll get some strange looks or ostracized or people talking about you behind your back if you say something that's contrary to what they are doing. I I actually asked my um, building representative who was the president of the union in my district at that time, how does the union represent, I mean, there's over 40,000 union members in in Oregon, teacher union members in Oregon. Okay how do you possibly say that you can represent this many thousands of teachers political views through one organization how is that possible it's really not i mean you're going to have such a wide view within that many thousands of teachers and yet we know that it, you know you can find records of this that the union takes teachers use and they and they support democratic ideologies and programs and policy it's it's Rarely to never money given towards Republican candidates or
0: conservative ideas. Exactly. Exactly. Now, also on a very practical level, let's say those who are listening to us, they're in the teaching profession or they know someone who is. What do you do? I mean, how do you get out of the union? Let's say you're already involved. You're, you're paying your union dues. From a very practical perspective, does your book cover that? Like what time of year can you um, choose to go another direction? Um, Usually it's sort of like health insurance, I would imagine. How do we encourage teachers? I mean, on a practical level, um, how do we inform them and encourage them to leave the union? Because that would send a a massive message in every single school district, even if it were 40% of teachers who chose not to be a part of it because they know what is going on here. This, this is a power grab, literally, and it's a political power grab. And I'm I'm not going to put those words in your mouth, but I'll say them. It is a political power grab of those individuals who, like you said, uh, should not, not be presumed that all teachers think alike, just like not all white people think alike. Or brown people think alike, things like that. I mean, these are stereotypes that just simply are not valid. So I'm going to give you back the mic. Tell us okay. all about that. What would you do if you were, you know, you're speaking to a group of teachers? As I mentioned earlier with the with the Janice case, there there
1: are no mandatory fees anymore. You are not required to join. I would help teachers understand that because teachers give legal protection as that number one reason for joining a union, and because there's so much fear surrounding that issue, they've been um, wrongly made to be so fearful. I mean, think about how rarely you hear about teachers getting sued. I mean, this is next to never, right? Mm-hmm. So right. Um, so understanding that there are options for legal protection, Union is not the only place that you can get professional liability insurance. You can get it through the American Association of Educators. You can get it through Christian Educators Association International. And um, there's another place that I learned about just last year. I believe it's called Legal Shield. So you have options for legal protection from other places, and it's better because the policy is in your name individually. The union says it has, covers $1 million, which I won't try to explain that because it's not really, and it doesn't end up being a million, but places that are twice, you know, $2 million. Associ- American Association of Educators is a $2 million policy in your name. Awesome. It's not, a, it's not in the union's name, it's in your name, it means you are going to be covered. Mm-hmm. Um. So... So that's really one of the the big hurdles. The other hurdle is, or for what teachers to understand, is the collective bargaining piece. The the public bargaining laws, and I know I understand Oregon's more than other states, but they're similar across the nation. Mm -hmm. Public bargaining laws say that at the bargaining table, it can only be the, the local affiliate. So right now, the way it's set up is your union is your exclusive bargainer. And with that comes as affiliation with the state and the national of whoever the union is but the public bargaining laws say it's just the local that can sit at the table that means someone from the state um, affiliate of the union cannot come and sit in your negotiations and neither can someone from the national bargaining happen as happens by law at that local level
0: in so, your school district
1: in your school district so teachers are afraid that oh my gosh if I'm not in the union, I'm not going to have collective bargaining. Teachers want to collectively bargain. When I talked across to, to teachers across the nation, they they want that to stay in place. You can have a local only union and still have that bargaining because the law says when you collectively bargain, it's with the local affiliate.
0: Okay, so you
1: so don't need state the state. That's right. Why pay the state and national? actually you know like 75 to 80 percent of your dues is going away to state and national they're not sitting at the bargaining table with you they're not the ones going and talking to administration with you um so there's there's options here for for um, teachers in a district to. it's called decertification where you basically choose a new exclusive bargainer and you don't have to be affiliated with the state and national you can bargain just locally um, and, and pay so much less in dues, you can still have the legal protection. You can still bargain. Those are the two main things that that teachers want to still have, and are important to have. But we don't. It doesn't have to be the status quo. It's just always been the the NEA is is um, got its hand in in the pot and stirring the pot, but okay. it doesn't have to be that way.
0: Okay. So That's what jumps into my head is that available in every of the local bargaining school district do they it's a so
1: if we're talking nationwide it's going to depend on your state's public bargaining laws and how those look and there's going to be variations okay so some states um prohibit bargaining some not very few prohibit it. some allow it some um but in in most states that yeah that's that's an option obviously the state and national unions, who are getting lots of dues from teachers, are going to kick and fight and scream against something like that. So,
0: um, and what did they do. I mean, they get pretty. Um, the, my experience with the union had to do with a, a school board decision mm-hmm. to adopt a proclamation stating the school board would work with parents in making policy regarding curriculum for <laughs> their children. And the union came in and they had a fit over that, stating that the organization that had developed this proclamation, which is Parents' Rights in Education, that group is a hate group. And because of that, they did not want that proclamation passed by the, by the school district they did offer an alternative that resolution stated that parents should work not with the board not with an elected board or their representatives but that they should work with teachers they pressured the board into rescinding their initial vote for the parents rights in education proclamation to accepting the union resolution. Wow. And how did they do that? How did, how, how they were threatened by the union that uh, they would get their superintendent fired and they would recall all of the conservatives on the board. Fortunately, that did not happen. They tried the recall, but they couldn't get enough, you know, signatures, etc. But uh, these union um, representatives can be very forceful. They, they do call and threaten people. They, they attacked the president of the board, not physically, but verbally mm-hmm. and made those threats. And so, I mean, she was blindsided. She did not, she she was just blindsided. So unfortunately they did rescind, uh, you know, the Parents Rights and Education Resolution they can do a lot of arm twisting and they're very forceful. And I think teachers need to understand that, that going in, it's like anything else. If if, if you are a threat to the success of this big entity, you know, you're not going to be welcome. Is that so different than the way it is already <laughs> that, that they pretty much know who the who the more conservative teachers are? And, um, you know, you've already been pigeonholed. They already know who you are. They talk behind your back, et cetera, et cetera. So there's already this going on. And I think it's important for the teachers to get together. And if they decide, you know, in a group of four or five or six, maybe this is the year that you will change your affiliation from this national um, arm twisting organization and become more independent. As a business owner myself, I'm an interior designer, I always carried a million dollars coverage. Not that anyone was planning to sue me, but we make mistakes at times and there's some mean people in the world and they wanna sue you. I mean, that's just what they do. You can get insurance in a variety of places. So thank you for those suggestions. And I that's what I would do. I would become as independent as possible and still abide by, you know, by the law respect for my employer, which which we think is a good thing. There needs to be a little bit of balance, I would say, in the in the public school sector. And I think that would be healthy.
1: I think, Suzanne, your example with that school board and that resolution is, is really telling of where the union's allegiance lies, that it's not with teachers and it's not with parents. Mm-hmm. It, teachers need to realize um, that the union is on the union side. And they will do, as you said, whatever they want to do to achieve their goals. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things if teachers can 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 kind of step back and see that bigger picture, because why would an organization that on the one hand is telling you they support you, they support you, support you, is undermining what you're trying to do with kids and families. They are purposely driving a wedge between parents and kids. Now, and what I would say to teachers is, Think about all the staff meetings you've been over the last, I would say, four to five years. We we started to hear about, well, the parents, you know, these kids are coming to school. They're not ready for school. They're being traumatized at home. They're living in poverty. I'm not saying those things aren't true in some cases. I'm saying this is this subtle messaging that comes from the union that comes into teachers' meetings. And so now you have teachers who are being turned against the parents of the students. Right. And this this is this is part of what the union is doing. They want to drive that wedge between um, the parents. And, and they're starting to turn us teachers against our students' parents. And this is crazy because that's who we need to work with. There's a there's a you need that you need that partnership with absolutely do and that and really in education it should be the parent, the student, and the teacher. Exactly. And we don't need another separate organization with it with its own goals pushing in and causing strife and separation. Mm -hmm. Because to me that's really telling that this organization is not for teachers, it's not for students. There's something else going on. So, what is their main goal? Well, so they so they're taking they're taking dues money out of teachers' pockets, bringing in over a billion dollars a year. So they have lots of power and lots of money, and they are into. Um, I mean, they we have the a, a federal Department of Education. This was pushed for by the union way back when. Um.
0: That was during the, the Carter administration, which preceded the Reagan administration. Correct. Perspective. And that was a that was actually a gift to the union, to the teachers union by Jimmy Carter. Yes.
1: So th- their their goal is control. Their goal is control. And they are in they are. They are in um, state legislatures lobbying yes. they're in federal lobbying. Um, just recently it came out that they've been talking with the CDC, the AFT, American Federation of Teachers President, been emailing the Centers for Disease Control about what are the what are the protocols for um, you know dealing with COVID-19 in the schools and when can we reopen and what are we gonna say? That's a lot of power and money that they union teachers have built up over time and it's all about control Wh- whatever government organization or um whatever government level it is at they they are seeking control
0: of so it's political control,
1: control. Tools, yes. political yes yes and so they 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 have created this culture of fear and teachers oh my gosh i've got to have legal protection i've got to have this The union helping me, backing me up, and they're just really using teachers' money, using teachers as activists, because they do, like you were saying, that's, you know, there's all these, um, you know, get out the vote drives and political pieces to the union. Teachers will, a lot of teachers will go out and pull the sign and, and go to rallies and things like this. Not literally understanding
0: all that's behind that, all that the union's really asking. Exactly. Exactly. Well, this has been a fascinating discussion, and I'm glad that you brought out some of the details of uh, behavior, activities, etc., that the union is involved in, because I don't think uh, the average person may not realize this, and how much pressure is put on teachers. So we thank Kate Bowers for that very interesting discussion about the teachers union. It's a serious one. And we do hope teachers will choose to opt out of the union come this September. Thank you so much to Kate Bowers. We encourage you to purchase her book, go online to amazon.com and order publicly school. Thanks for listening. We'd love to have you join us please fill out the form on our website called join us. Oh, and one last thing. Would you be willing to support us financially? We are 501c3 tax deductible nonprofit organization. And that means that you can take a tax deduction for any amount you give. I encourage you to join the 12 by 12 club. That's $12 a month for 12 months. If you do that, you will receive a complimentary parent guide as long as supplies last. Go to our website, parentsrightsined.org, and click on the Donate button. Thanks so much for joining us and helping us do what we do here. This is Suzanne Gallagher, and this is Parents' Rights Now.